Hello, welcome to Soul Led, a podcast dedicated to the evolution of your soul and the development of your spiritual gifts. I am Nikki Novo, your spiritual mentor, a fiery Latina, mom of three, and a lover of all things intuitive. You're here because you're meant to be here. So let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Soul Led. I'm just always so grateful to be here with you guys and extra grateful to be here talking to a friend and a loved one and a, and a colleague and all the things. Uh, it's just a blessing to be here and I'm just kind of feeling extra grateful today. So thanks for being here with me and let's welcome my friend, my colleague, my student, all the things, Christine McGlitchie to the podcast episode. Hey. Hello, so grateful to be here. Christine's also a, a soul mentor, by the way, but she is a certified intuitive guide, conscious communicator, and mindful mama. She's also preggers. So <laughs> you look good, though. You look good. Thank you. Keeping that glow. So, welcome, Christine, to the show. I wanted to start off. I just think you had like an interesting journey. And every time I think about where you are today and just how intuitive you are. So if you guys don't know, Christine's actually like my secret weapon to a lot of the things that I do. She's like, I always joke that Christine and I probably had like past lives together where she was like this very wise, almost like Buddha character that just sat next to me and like held down all the energy because that's how it feels with Christine. Like she might say three or four words, but they're very deep and you just kind of have to take it in. And, um, I remember just one day looking at Christine, I'm like, we have to work together. Like she has to be with me. And um, she really is responsible for a lot of the things that we have birthed over the last few years. And she's just like a confidant and just so, um, so talented both in that work, but then also like in the mommy kind of spirit baby world as well. And so I just find you fascinating because you're so multi-talented, but you didn't start off necessarily like knowing that you were intuitive. When I met you, we actually, you were a marketer at the time. And mm -hmm. I was um, <laughs> thinking back to this. So I was like leading this event at this like wellness space. And this is probably like, this is probably like eight years ago. Don't you think? A long time ago. Yeah. It was like many, feels like many lifetimes. Many lifetimes ago <laughs> in Wood, Wynwood in Miami. And what's so funny is that I remember I had just hired like a marketing person, Aubrey, who's friends with Christine. And Aubrey, like I hired her, she was talented, not because like she cared what I did. And she wasn't really like all in on what I did at all. Like she was like very much like not sure. It was kind of like, <laughs> kind of like when you're working for, I don't know, like a retire, like a, those insurance companies for like people over 65 or something that you're like, yeah, I don't know anything about this shit, but whatever, it's my job. That's kind of how Aubrey was. She was like, I have no idea if this girl's full of shit or if this is real, but she was so kind. She went to like one of my events, probably like for research and Christine, I remember like specifically like meeting you and Christine. And, um, I'm just wondering from that life of like marketing, publicity, all that kind of stuff, did you ever think you were going to end up here where you're like downloading messages from babies that haven't even come into the world? Oh my gosh. If you would have told me that back then, I would have laughed in your face and like thought you were crazy for sure. Because it just feels like such a separate person. But I think like deep down, I always knew that I was this, like I, I always knew I was different. Like I never belonged. Like I always had like a sense of knowing, um, very empathetic. Like I knew things before they were going to happen. Like I, I always had that, but I was just such in a masculine structure of like the corporate PR world that that wasn't even like a possibility, a possibility to me. Like that Miss Cleo, it was kind of like that funky interpretation of like, oh, these psychics. And I worked with you after, like, I, I would book readings, like, every year from then on, like, after I met you. And even then, I was kind of, like, skeptical. Yeah, I knew, you, I knew you were going, like, where you were going. I remember being like, how do I tell this person lightly that, like, I mean, I didn't know we would be so close or that we our paths would cross so much, but I, like, I knew exactly where you were going. And and you were like in crisis, but almost like not letting yourself like be in crisis, you know? Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I was constantly like crisis communicating for myself. (laughs) And I think that like your mentorship though, and those readings really helped me because you held that space of like possibility without pressuring me into it. Because if you were going to tell me from like the first time, and it's just so funny to see how your Um, not even funny, but it's really beautiful to see how your teaching style and like your readings have evolved too. like from how you were reading before. Like, I remember like you, you made me like lay down and you're like, okay, you have to open up to receiving. And then like the next time I had a reading, it was like a different kind of thing. Like every time I had a reading with you, it was also very different as you grew and kind of like evolved and like did all these things now. So that was really cool and interesting to watch too. I was surprised like of how many early clients stay with me because <laughs> you guys are like so kind because I, you're correct. I used to need like complete silence and focus in order to get like three messages. And it's really because now, you know, teaching soul teacher, teaching soul expansion, even at the first level, right? you know, people are like, oh, I'm not, you know, God, I'm not getting this. I'm not getting that. I'm like, you guys, you don't even know. Like I had to like put people on a couch and sit. <laughs> I remember sitting on the floor next to the person on the couch, putting my head as close as I could to their head <laughs> to see if I, I'm surprised I didn't have like an antenna on my head or something. Cause I was trying so hard to receive um, the message and the fact that any of you, and I do, we have a few like, you know, kind of OG clients. The fact that any of you stayed with me, it just means so much to me. So thank you, Christine. I've never said thank you. Yeah. I mean, we have a contract together in this life because I believed it. I was like, anything you told me, I'm like, oh no, but Nikki told me like, I have to do it. Like, you know, it was just like so sacred, like, okay, this is what Nikki said. And I was like lucky enough, even in my masculine structure to have that trust in order to keep kind of following those nudges. Because I remember it would always be like, like you said, kind of like this crisis of like my soul. Cause I was constantly like, well, when am I going to get another job? And like, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. And it was like five years later, I'm still like in corporate PR for hospitality brands. And it was just like these breadcrumbs that we kind of follow. And it, it really does have to do with like timing and, and evolution, but probably like the most pivotal time of transformation for me was when I had a reading with you and you were asking me about motherhood and I had just been married like for a year and you're like, well, all of this stuff around like motherhood is kind of surfacing. And I was well into like my healing journey and like my transformation by then. And but it kind of like opened something differently in me. And that's when I started realizing there really is like a rite of passage and an initiation into motherhood that we don't talk about as a society and as women, because I kind of like never really fully integrated that belief into myself. Like I never thought or embodied like being an actual mother because I was just so scared of it. Like be it my ancestral wounds, my, my mother wounds, But I really thought of like motherhood as like this heavy responsibility or a chore. And I remember you talking to me about it, like, well, why is your like vision of motherhood like so burdensome? Like there was just such a heaviness that I was carrying about like what it meant to be a mother. And it was like I had to give up my entire life really was like what we were talking about. Like, why did I feel like I had to give up my entire life and abandon like who I was in order to be become a mother? And I really like dove deep into that and I was exploring all of this stuff and that really like opened me up. And like six months later, I was pregnant. And that's when I realized and like going into this work and it's crazy fast forwarding now, having a two and a half year old being seven months pregnant, how it's all coming kind of full circle because I'm seeing those patterns in clients and I'm in in collectively really like as women. And there's just such... Um, like deeply rooted, embedded traumas in all of us and like really common themes that occur. And, you know, when we're conceiving and we can't, we think it's our body, we think it's fertility, we think there's something wrong with us, when really it's like simple shifts and like these, you know, energetic blockages that are manifesting in us. Definitely. And I mean, we had an episode um, with Latoya who um, does like these mommy and me readings. I don't know if you're familiar with her readings. And also I did a mother, like a motherhood episode. And uh, it's for whatever reason, you know, I think 
we're just coming out of that space of realizing that it is not the patriarchy. Def- like we don't have to go by the t- patriarchy definition of motherhood anymore, which mm-hmm. releases a lot of burden off of our shoulders. The reminder that our children many times are like way wiser than us, can be much older souls than us. And that just kind of like clears things out. So it's just very important that we're having those conversations. Also the conversation of what you were saying about like that initiation into motherhood and kind of what happens. I think we're having, I'm excited to be having those conversations as women and all, all across the board. I was talking to Krista yesterday, um, yesterday we were filming, we were recording for the podcast about the initiation of like, of marriage, you know, like of just like, that's like one step. And then like, you know, maybe your next step might be the the motherhood step and, you know, these whole things that happen to us. So do you have a definition for initiation? Like, do you have any idea of like how you can explain what that is if you haven't experienced it, or maybe you don't have the words for it? You know, I think it is like, just like the feeling and the process of initiation is like this strong, like discomfort. It is a lot of that shadow work and it's very uncomfortable, but you know that there's something else on the other side. It's like this just deeply connected to this energy of like transformation and really like reflection. It's kind of like the initiation is like merging the past with the present in order to heal like your future timeline. If that makes sense like that, that's really what comes up for me in terms of initiation, because when we're in the process of it, we don't really find like the gratitude in it because it hurts. Like, so if you're hurting deeply, that probably means you're going through some form of initiation because it is really strong discomfort. But like, you know, deep inside, like I'm going through this because I'm going to be so much stronger, like on the other side of it. It really is like, you know, that metamorphosis phase of like the cocooning in the chrysalis and becoming like the butterfly. Definitely. It's also kind of like pushing out a freaking baby, you know, it's like, you're like so painful, but there's something on the other side, <laughs> fingers crossed, there's something that's going to come out. Um, so it's, yeah, I, that, I love that definition. That's so great. And an initiation can come, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be motherhood or weddings yeah. or anything. It's, you know, I'm been going through a very long initiation, it feels like, so I don't know <laughs> when I'm going to come out on the other side, but I know that there's another side because uh, I've been through so many then it's really just that process of like death and rebirth. But I love the idea of, you know, taking the past and, and healing that to create a new future timeline. I, I, that, I've never heard that before. And I love how you explain that. So you, okay. So fast forward, you, you were doing marketing PR, you left that job, I guess after the baby was born, right? Yeah. So I decided to leave and become a full-time entrepreneur when the baby was born. What did you think you were going to do? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I was kind of just like throwing spaghetti at the wall then. Cause I was like in hustling mode. I was just like taking whatever jobs leads I could get, like using my skill set. And even now, like with entrepreneurs that I mentor, I tell them like, there really is like a bridge. Like we get so scared when we're leaving our corporate job, but you just have to like take your skill set and like apply it. There's always a bridge until you find your next thing. And that's okay because we put so much pressure on ourselves too. I mean, I know I was doing it of like labeling, like, well, what is it that I'm doing? I have to be like a consultant or, you know, like we have to label it, but um, it's okay to like be a jack of all trades and to be doing, you know, what it, what is coming up for you. Cause again, those are the breadcrumbs too, that the universe is kind of leaving you. So I was really just like, consulting, taking on like freelance PR projects. You know, I started like designing people's websites because I found like I I really loved it and enjoyed it after I designed like my websites. And then I was, you know, really in a deep state of, you know, coming out of motherhood. I was in this transformation because also like the death and rebirth of motherhood is becoming an entirely different person. And Um, you know, you go through some grief that is associated with like losing the former self, but really embracing like who you're becoming. And in that, like I sought like mentors, I did ancestral healing. Um, I had like a mindset and business mentor who really helped me through some of the blocks and challenges of like stepping into entrepreneurship and like shedding those limiting beliefs. And from there, I just really felt like empowered and, you know, soul teacher opened up. I didn't know what it was, but I knew I had to be a part of it. I didn't know what it was either, Christine. (laughs) 
I just remember you posting in Facebook, like, hey guys, I'm I'm gonna try this soul teacher thing. And I was like, Yep, sign me up. I don't know what it is, but it sounds good. <laughs> Christine was part of the first class, which again, I I apologize to you, Christine, um, from <laughs> because we've come so far. Christine was part of our first class. And I remember when you joined being like, Okay, okay, like all right, Christine's here. Like, I wasn't sure why or, or, um, but you knew you needed to be there. And I was like, okay, so we're, we're, we're heading into this direction that I had seen from before, just didn't know it was going to happen that fast or didn't know, honestly, if you had the bravery to go into it. Mm -hmm. Um, so you, you went for it and would you say, so that was like kind of like the beginning of your intuitive gifts, which is something, which is something that I'm like, so impressed by now like you truly have embraced it so much coming from such a masculine background and seeing you move into this place but be able to still be balanced and have both um it's really one of the things i love seeing in you yeah and i would say that you know i was doing all the things i had my spiritual practice um i was you know connecting with my guides I was definitely like opening myself up to like the metaphysical and, you know, studying, of course, soul seeker really helped me. Like that's where I really started, like having the readings with you. And then I moved on to soul seeker, you know, I, I moved on through the Academy, which is like a really beautiful process. And it, it really is supportive for like everywhere you are on your journey. And then, you know, when you opened up soul leader, I did soul leader, and I think soul leader was really what cracked me open to be like, okay, like I need something more. And I think I actually finished soul leader like a month or two before you open soul teacher. And that's how I knew like, okay, now I know that I'm really invested in this. I'm really interested in it. And then I jumped into, into soul teacher and it was just a really good progression. And, you know, I find like a lot of the women that I mentor and from experience myself, it really is that healing into like the phases of healing and acceptance and getting that permission and like the validation from not only other members in your community, but um, for yourself, like seeing how much you're growing. And I think that's what's so successful about Soul Academy and the community is that we have that support and we have that network and it's like genuine. It's not force. Um, it doesn't feel, um, you know, coerced in any way. It's not like we don't over promise anything in the Academy. It's just kind of like support tools and resources. So that really is what helped me. And of course, connecting with the women in Soul Teacher was just like trans transformational. There's like no words to explain that program and the connections and the healing that happened so quickly in that three months. But that really just cracked me wide open. Mm. And and we we say that there was like, and even after I remember graduating Soul Teacher and keeping in touch with all the women. And we were like a mess for like a month or two after, like we were all falling apart at the seams. It was like, everyone was going through like these really dark, like nights of the soul all over again. But then it was that initiation. It was kind of like catching up with us. And it's like, now I, I'm witnessing like everything that they're creating and where everyone is now from that, from last year. And it's just, it's incredible. And that was like really eye-opening for me to see like that the universe really does put you on path and it's okay to like have periods of rest and unease because it, it'll catch you up and like propel you forward. So like that, that, um, you know, the, the way that we place so much emphasis on time and like priority and all of that, like that really like changed my perspective too. Yeah. Once you experience kind of a death and rebirth in in awareness, it's a whole different ball game because you're not you're no longer like even when you're falling apart because you're gonna die and be birthed again many times. Some are gonna be bigger than others. Some are gonna be longer than others. All that kind of stuff. But you will no longer be afraid of it once you went through one with awareness because you kind of the cool thing about it is, is there's these stages. You know what's gonna happen, like you, you know, and, and there's always a reward on the other side. So it's the best. Yes. For me to see like where all you ladies from that group are, 
is very rewarding to me too. I mean, I always knew it was going to happen, but like nobody really believed me while they were falling apart. Everybody was like, Nikki just believes in us. And, and she just, she just blindly believes in us. Like everybody be like, you don't tell us how to do it though. And I'm like, guys, time, time. <laughs> like everybody thought like, they just, they, she sees our potential, but you know, and then now everybody's like living into their potential, which is really um, beautiful to see. Um, so, okay. So you um, graduated that fell apart a little bit um, and then started to pick your pieces up. Uh, we st- you started working with me, which was amazing um, for me and hopefully for you, Christine, um, so Christine is, is our, you know, our marketing consultant and, but all like intuitive based, which is so fun for me because I've always run my business intuitively. So it's just nice to have intuitive conversations. And, but then also the mom stuff that I had seen in our readings a while ago started to take shape and uh, you moved into a lot of spirit baby work, which is so important and so needed. Um, And I was just wondering kind of like how that came to be. And even if you could just kind of explain to us, what is a spirit baby? Like what is that process? You know, how do we connect anything like that? Yeah, so definitely. So I started my motherhood community, Oh Mamas, when I was pregnant with my daughter. And, you know, you kept telling me, other people kept telling me, the women in Soul Teacher, when we're doing practice circles, kept telling me like, you're going to be like this really big figure and influence in motherhood. And I was just like, I don't see it. Like, because I was doing a lot of branding work still, and I couldn't see how the two paths merged. I couldn't see how like doing business readings and helping women with their strategy and their business. Cause really that was the crux of my like consulting. I was doing intuitive business work. When I graduated soul teacher, I realized I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have like this formula that I can help women like get like define their business really clearly, help them keep track of their revenue um, opportunities, their messaging, their mission, like helping women get really, really clear in business. But then I had this other path where it was like, I knew I was meant to help in like in terms of womb wellness, intentional motherhood, like mindful motherhood. I self-published a book last year um, called Mantras, Mantras for Mindful Moms. And like, it was still like nudges and these breadcrumbs from the universe that didn't fully make sense. Like I was just like, okay, well, this is what I'm doing. I'm like just trying whatever works. And then it wasn't until probably like the last six months that I felt like both paths really did. I'm like, okay, they don't have to be separate. Like I help women trust themselves in business and in motherhood because I noticed that there were these themes, like not only was I attracting and manifesting like entrepreneurial women who either were already mothers or motherhood was in their you know path. But also like this sense of women who really needed that like handholding and that support in order to create the space to enter motherhood, much like myself. I feel for many years I was blocking motherhood because I didn't have the space or the capacity either emotionally, physically in this realm and in the spirit realm. Like I just wasn't allowing that space to come to fruition. So in the recent months, we've been doing a lot of um, spirit baby readings at Nikki Novoco because there's like this sense that women are really finding that alignment and they're like coming back to self. Like the message I get for probably majority of the women is that you need to come back to yourself because like we've given so much externally and, you know, some common threads in the women who are finding it difficult to conceive right now they're either not happy with their current career. They're not happy with their current situation or lifestyle. There's like a dietary or lifestyle shift, like a nutritional change that needs to happen. And also, again, it's like that space and structure is asking to be created and also that commitment. So like anything that we're manifesting, I've really learned like consistency and commitment is like really crucial for the structures of anything that we're birthing. And this is kind of where the two intersections of business and motherhood come because we're using our sacral chakra. We're using a lot of that sacral and womb energy in order to create and produce and to birth things into this world. Um, And so, yeah, the womb wellness stuff just came like super important to me in the last six months because 
I found that women were coming to me for it like organically. And it was just like the timing of everything. Mm. And it's, it's so important and it's so true because, um, well, I, like you said, I imagine you have a lot of moms who are also business women and people don't, we don't always understand that, you know, a business similar to a child is a, is something we have birth. So especially somebody like me, let's say that's running a business that has her name like all over it. It's really easy, especially in the beginning to get caught up with the business is me, you know, and it's actually not, it's just like the same way sometimes as mothers, we're like, this child is me. And, you know, we project all our shit and all our problems like on this child. And so what's funny, and I think we've gone through this in my own business, that like the way I'm, mother is very similar to the way, because I I have so much mother energy and just even in my chart, I'm like all mother and all the people I like take care of in the business, I mother them similar to like kind of how I mother, you know, my family and my kids, which is okay. In my family, my kids, there's only a few of them. Like I can mother them like that. But when it comes to business, it's like been a big problem and it's all coming from that sacral energy. and, And it is coming from like an imbalance of, you know, even like giving to others before giving to myself. Mm -hmm. And there's just no way for the business to grow if there is an imbalance there. So it is all womb wellness is what you're calling it. And it's, I mean, there's so much going on in that center, but also we don't realize like how it's, it is how everybody's like all about the third eye. Like we think that like, oh, the third eye manifests and it doesn't, and it's like, actually, no, the sacral creates, you know, and all that energy there creates. Yeah. And, you know, like we've experienced with your business, as I experienced with my business, our businesses really have their own energy and they have like, they have contracts too. Like our businesses have contracts. They have things that they want to fulfill. They have certain requirements and expectations of us. And, you know, similarly, when I do the spirit baby readings and I connect to the spirits of the children who want to come through, when I communicate with them, they're just, you know, they tell me, it's really important for them to feel like their mother is fulfilled and supported so that they can have the tools and resources and the guidance that they need to fulfill their contracts. So often we're having like these blocks and really like between the spirit baby and the mother and the business and the woman, it's a bond between like two energies and two souls that really need to be energetically aligned and compatible in order for both to receive. So much like anything we're calling in from the universe, we have to create that container to receive it. And with spirit babies and conception, as women, we're automatically going to blame ourselves and our bodies for failing us. And instead of looking at the deeper patterns of what's going on in and around our lives, we're going to turn to outside or external sources like IVF. Um, we're going to look at, you know, medical procedures, like some of these really intense things that we may or may not need. And, you know, I'm all for fertility treatment, fertility wellness, whatever you need to feel aligned. But the majority of the time when the women are coming to me for spirit baby readings, they're like so discouraged. Maybe they're one or two years into their conception journey. And they're like, yeah, I'm about to give up. Like I'm about to go to IVF. I'm about to see, like do all these tests. And really I'm no medical professional. I'm not diagnosing anyone. I tell them this all the time. Like I'm not a medical doctor or anything. Like I can't tell you not to do IVF or pursue that. But I do make them aware of all of these other things. We talk about, are you fulfilled in your career? They're like, no, actually, I hate my job. (laughs) I want to do something else, but I don't know what to do. I've been wanting to leave. Or there's so many things left in these women that are unfulfilled. And it's not until that we can fulfill them and actualize them and like heal through them that we create the space for the baby. And, you know, often the baby will tell me like, oh, I don't feel like she has enough time for me or resource for me. And that's really the message. And then the woman will say like, that's true. Like I, you know, I work 15 hours a day or whatever. Like we're not looking at the ways that we can um, kind of like visualize. I, I often tell a lot of my clients, like create a plan, 
Like, how are you going to run your family? How are you structuring it? What are your intentions for motherhood? Like, you know, visualize the baby here. Like, so the baby's here, you're calling in the baby. Like what happens next? Who's taking care of the baby? How are you working? How are you living? How is your partnership? And that's really like the only way, not the only way, but that's really like a powerful resource too. Like if you're going through any infertility issues or conception issues, like taking a moment to step back, come back into your body and ask yourself like, what do I need to release? What needs to be eliminated? What do I need to make space for? Like, do I have the room to take on a child right now? There's just like a lot of internal work and an internal healing that gets to be done. And sometimes um, this month I'm leading a womb circle and I've done like womb readings and like guided meditations to the womb uh, for the women in my circle. And when they experience their wombs, they'll say like, oh my gosh, my womb is dark or my womb is closed. Like they don't even have the energetic space in their womb to birth a child or projects. Like many of them are stepping into entrepreneurship and literally their womb is so closed that they can't even birth these things. So they're experiencing, you know, like physical blocks of like, well, I'm stuck in my business or I can't conceive or I'm having a hard time making money. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we realize that these are, again, the sacral and the womb issues. Oh, so beautiful. I didn't, I didn't know you, you did the, the womb readings. So um, just to share a story, and maybe I've shared this before, but like, you know, throughout my practice, of course, I never specialized in spirit babies, but often people would come with those conversations. I love spirit babies because I love their energy. It's like such just um, natural essence is kind of the mm-hmm. best way. It's, it's more natural than even a child, like actually when the child comes to physical form. So I love spirit baby work. And there, we underestimate like the small things that they need. Like for instance, like I remember having this one client who was having a hard time the second time around. She had already gotten pregnant once and the second time out of nowhere, like having a hard time. And her simple thing from, it was a girl that was coming through. And the simple thing was that she wanted her mom, like her mom just, first of all, wasn't comfortable with her body and in a way didn't, wasn't excited about her body expanding to make space for this baby. And she had so much like body image situations going on that the little girl was like, I don't want to have a mom like that. Like, then that's going to be passed on to me. And almost like the soul was like, that's just not meant to be part of my contract. So mm-hmm. in order for me to like really live into my contract, I need a mom who's not going to pass that on to me. And it was like clockwork. We, we gave her, you know, we assigned her like mirror work, take off all your clothes, look at yourself in the mirror every day, say you're beautiful, love your body, be open to it expanding three months later, pregnant with a healthy baby girl. I met this, I had this other client once, one of my earlier clients. And I remember like the, she was already pregnant, but she was having like a hard pregnancy, I think it was. And the baby was like complaining about the parents. You know, The baby was like, tell my parents this and that. And it was so funny. And like, she didn't really want to hear that. But then I had to do the reading with like both parents basically. Um, And it was like very supportive. It was so, it's just so funny. Like they, you know, they, and often, you know, they come, sometimes it's the opposite, really. They actually come unexpectedly to, mm-hmm. to shift, you know, things like that also. So there's just so much more than, than we think, you know, and I love that concept about the, you know, having space to create. So like, do you have any tips for maybe not baby, but like, let's say I'm trying to create something new. Like I'm, I don't feel creative, you know? Um, I don't feel like passionate about anything necessarily. And maybe I have in the past and like, just for some reason, it's not happening. Any tips for that? Yeah. So often like what comes up with my clients when they're experiencing blocks or anything like that is there's just kind of like misalignment of their heart and their sacral also. So like opening up and expanding, or there's like a resistance to what is coming up and such discomfort that they don't want to lean into it. So often what will come up is like movements or like using your hands, like seeing a creative project. And it could be something small, like, you know, maybe like planting something in a garden or um, like painting, like painting something or just creating, doing something from start to finish that you could do easily. And there's like a sense of like movement and momentum that happens 
and there's like a like mentally and like you know energetically you're like oh okay i started this project and i saw it through from start to finish that gives you kind of like that level of confidence and inspiration and you know often it's because people aren't sitting enough with themselves in stillness it's like there's a lot of avoidance that people like subconsciously face or like self-sabotage so they're not really like sitting in it and like quieting themselves to even allow that possibility to like come to them so often when people are like facing like those blocks or like lack of inspiration it's because there's something there that is like blocking them from like really embracing it so it really takes like that discomfort of sitting in the meditation, really asking yourself. And this is kind of like the disconnect too of like coming back into your body because like we detach ourselves from like defense mechanisms or, you know, we're trying to like avoid something or deny something. So kind of like doing the brave thing of like looking at it and really like stepping into that space of like action and momentum. And I find like, you know, like planning, like creating organizations or structures, like just listing it out, putting pen to paper. A lot of the time, like journaling work helps a lot, like just like physically seeing something on a sheet of paper about like what you want to create or what you want to envision. Um, some people like recording voice notes. If you don't necessarily like writing, you could do a voice note and you can like come back to it because that kind of like helps. Um, move the energy out of your body into like this physical realm. It's kind of like grounding that energy like back into like the earth so that we can take action on it. So that would be the stages almost of like conceiving, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then creation. So what if I kind of have an idea of like what I want to do, but I'm like overwhelmed? Any mm -hmm. ideas? Like, do you end up seeing are you, do you see like those stages, I guess, in your women, like the conceiving and then the creation process? It's definitely like that before, like the before, like I know something is coming through. I just don't really know what it is. Like there's that uncertainty of it. Like you kind of like see or feel the nudge of it. And usually like creativity, creatively, like, um, like just vision planning, like has been coming up a lot, like that vision boarding, like you don't know what it is yet, but you know that it's there. Mm -hmm. So just allowing yourself to like be in a space of like receiving and like just paying attention to kind of like the signs and like vision boarding, like even if it doesn't make sense, just like whatever you're compelled or drawn to, like put it up on like a vision board or like put it together and then it'll start like making sense once you're able to like kind of move it through your body. Thank you for those um, tips, Christine. I actually, it's funny, you were, you were just mentioning um, like, you know, just needing a little bit of quiet time and I've been, you know, very busy, you know, obviously with the move, but also just my calendar, like I just seem to get comfortable with like a very packed calendar and I hit, you know, like a wall a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, I, I can't, like, I need, I need more space in my calendar, almost just like for my own uh, mental health. And for the first few days when there was like less stuff in my calendar, I felt very like guilty, um, felt very um, anxious, you know, like kind of uh, this idea that if I'm not very busy, then like my business is going to fall apart and um, I'm not like holding all these balls or whatever. And like how what's the word like, you know, like just how almost like irresponsible of me to like have all this time. But funny enough, as you know, like during these just a few quiet days, like I have, I've had all this just rush of information coming into me for like what's to come. And I didn't even have to like summon it. It was almost like it was dying to like, you know, it was like a dam was holding it, but it was like dying to like rush in and just a simple and even, you know, you got to get past that uncomfortable stage of like not having anything on the calendar and, all, and even the fear of clearing out the calendar. And it's not like it's completely clear, but um, it, it also made me realize like how, you know, we, we value busyness so much because we're like doing things or whatever. But I honestly, like these last few days of being able to get so much information, I'm like, wow, I think I might be more valuable with less things on my plate. Like, I think I'm of more value in a way, like to the team, to the company, to the, um, to the students, 
like I'm more valuable with this kind of space actually. So um, it's just, we don't, I don't know. We just don't, we really like, we're just a culture, you know, hustle culture, busy culture. Like you want to be doing all the things. And sometimes not sometimes I, I was even thinking, I was like, I have to like write in maybe even like once a week, once a month, have like one whole week that's like pretty light. And then three heavy weeks, almost like your period, you know, um, like kind of going with like that feminine flow mm-hmm. of giving yourself. Cause you know, even with your period, you're going up and down, you're having like every week is for a reason. Like if you're up one week, because it's the, you know, you just finished your period or something like, even if we can flow like that in business, um, I find it to be, I think there's a lot of, I haven't like completely figured it out, but I think there's a lot of value in that. Oh, absolutely. And this is like one of the things that I had to learn a lot, like in my business, because again, like you, I'm over-programmed. If I'm not taking calls, if I'm not overextending myself, if I don't feel burnt out, did I even do anything? Like <laughs> at the end of the day, like I'm exhausted. Like, did I even work? And stepping into like the intuitive business, actually, like I produce a lot and I work less than I've ever worked in my entire life. And financially I'm supported. And it's been like really beautiful to witness that too, because it's such like a limiting belief. And even with this pregnancy, like I'll give you an example. So with my daughter, I was fine. Like I had nausea the first trimester, but I was like, you know, I managed it. It wasn't bad. This pregnancy for like the first trimester, forget it. Like I didn't work for two months. Like I had all these plans and I had all these like things that I wanted to launch. I did nothing. Like I did the bare minimum because I could barely, like I was doing readings and like strategy sessions and brand sessions. And then I would like go lay down, like I would take a call a day and then I would lay down for the rest of the day. Like I couldn't do anything. I was throwing up all day. I could barely eat. I felt so weak. Like all I wanted to do is sleep. And I felt like it was um, a, a masculine energy. So I'm having a boy. And it was just so crazy to realize like I was in for two and a half years, I was in a divine feminine flow. And I had the harmony between the divine masculine. And then my son came and it was like this really heavy masculine energy. And he was telling me like, no, you need to rest and slow down. You need to like find balance and structure. There were just so many lessons in that. And I was like freaking out. Cause I'm like, if I'm not working, how am I making business? How am I making money? How am I doing everything? Like, this is not right. I can't like do this. I would cry. And I was like a wreck because I was permanent too. That's the worst part of that part. Like you honestly think like we forget about uh, seasons at that point, something happens that like, we completely forget that life exists in seasons. And when this mm-hmm. shitty stuff comes, you're like, Oh my gosh, this is it. My life is over. And yeah. we don't, we don't remember that. It's like, no, it'll probably mask ma- like the max. It's going to be nine months. You know, if it really means that you're sick, your whole pregnancy. Okay. The maximum is going to be nine months. But for you, you know, it was the first trimester. Yeah. And that really, and I rested and I surrendered because I was resisting it. Oh my gosh. I went, I was doing Reiki. I went to a shaman. I I was like, heal me somebody, please. I went to everyone. I was like, I know it's not me. Like there's something here that needs to happen. And you know what, in those, in that trimester, guess what was being birthed? Another book, another way of me like thinking like there was so much like being birthed not only like in my womb of course you were sick (laughs) yeah yeah, like I was sick but I was getting like all of these downloads like you said I was like writing a lot like so my second book was birthed in that trimester of periods of rest and rejuvenation and healing and now you know I'm feeling great and you know thank thank goodness but that's another way that we integrate the divine masculine divine feminine of like, I was resisting it. So I continuously was getting sick because I literally was like, I don't want to throw up anymore. Like I'm resisting my body. Like I was holding my body back mm-hmm. from what it physically wanted to purge and release. And then finally, when I was like, all right, body, you want to throw up? Let's do this. Like, let's go. <laughs> it was so much better. It really was. I mean, it still sucked. Yeah. But I was kind of like, okay, well, what is my body telling me I'm releasing right now? And it was like these 
programs. It was like this shedding again, the death rebirth cycle. Right. Yeah. And you're just more aware of it the second time around, which is really nice. You're just a little bit better at it. So I, I've heard that I'm supposed to be like in a rest stage right now, which I'm totally resisting. I'm like, how you were the one that told me, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what that means, but we'll see how that goes. Do you think I'm gonna have another baby? Speaking of spirit babies, you know, Benny told me, I've said this a few times on the podcast, but I'm very afraid that Benny asked me for another child the other day. And I was like, I'm going to be 40 next year, but like, leave me alone. Um, and last year I had a dream. I had a dream of you pregnant. Oh, I hate and you. You're like, oh my God, let me tell Benny. So this doesn't happen. <laughs> I hate you. Um, um, I felt, so Ethan, our second child, I felt the spirit baby with me as soon, probably like a year after I gave birth to Oliver, I started feeling, but I was very traumatized by, you know, the death that came from Oliver. And I had also gotten full custody of Ali the same, the same time that uh, Oliver was born. So it was very traumatizing for me. And I was, I knew I wanted to have another kid, but it just never felt like the right time. And I held, and many people told me like, this baby's trying to come through, this baby's trying to come through. And I held off for four years um, until like literally the first time Betty and I tried, Ethan was born. Like that kid was like dying to come through. And, um, have you heard of like, what do you think about that? Like, have you ever seen a client who has a spirit baby around them? And then like the baby's like kind of ready, but the parent is resisting it. Like, do you have any thoughts about that? Like, um, any thoughts on like, and I'm sure people resonate with that. Like people have felt spirit babies around them. How like set in stone do you think some of that is? So definitely I've seen like spirit babies, like um, super attached to people's energy. And then there's some that are like in the distance, like you'll see like a baby in their distance that it's not like fully committed. And I always tell my clients, you know, like free will, most, the majority of my clients are in a space where they're ready to receive. There's just some kind of block. And once that block is worked through again, like three to eight month timeline, sometimes a year is what they really need to create that space in order to welcome the baby. But I, I really did feel like that was me. Like I did feel the energy of like a child. I knew I was meant to be a mother, but I was just resisting it. So I just kept kind of like dragging it on and we do have free will. And, you know, we have, you know, people who reach the end of their lives and don't, you know, fulfill or actualize their contracts. So there very much is you know, again, because if we're thinking about our contracts and our energy having to be aligned and fully like committed in order to welcome one another in, then that is definitely a possibility. Like you might have a baby in your energy or in your path, but you never really actualize to it because you don't work through some of these inherited things it really is like anyone's destiny or purpose, right? Like sometimes we have these purposes and if we don't fully do the work, if we're not showing up to do the work and committing to it, then we kind of like let that purpose. Right. I've even seen like renegotiations of this, of, of contracts too. Like sometimes you'll go into the Akashic Records, read a person's contract and realize that there was a renegotiation. I don't know if you've stumbled upon that. And um you know, I think that that's just like the free will, you know, like almost a soul being like, can I rewrite this a little bit? <laughs> like yeah. I knew, I knew I was going to do this thing, but wondering, and maybe I can, and I don't know, maybe you pick it up in next lifetime. I have no idea, you know, um, how exactly that happens, but yeah, I've been just kind of, I just feel like <laughs> what's that story in the Bible? Like that, who is it? Moses or something that they like conceive at like 60 years old or something. I'm oh. like, that. I'm like, that's me and Benny. <laughs> It's Betty and I like conceiving, uh, you know, whatever. Um, so I'm just, you know, kind of open to it, but not excited about it. Cause I'm just, I can feel the, I can feel the spirit. So spirit baby thoughts about babies that don't make it any thoughts about like losing a baby during pregnancy or even maybe a SIDS baby. Um, have you run into that yet? I've read so i haven't read anyone who's 
physically lost a baby, like had the baby and lost them. I haven't read like a soul like that yet or like channeled that. But I often do have clients who've experienced miscarriage and or abortion too. Or yeah, miscarriage and abortion. And often those children are just saying that it wasn't time and they weren't really ready to come through. Like either the mom wasn't ready or the child just didn't feel like it was right. Like conception like happened, but again, they kind of like renegotiated their contract. And often you'll see the baby come back and reincarnate. Like I'll ask, um, and you know, sometimes spirit babies will come forward as like a certain part, like a particular gender, but then they might change. They are very non-binary, non-binary. Yeah, I had to switch and bait with with Ethan actually, and it was very, it was a total ego moment for me. But um, I have seen that too. I have seen people. So I had a client, a couple of clients actually, who very sad had that like you know either like a stillbirth at like you know thirty weeks or something. And I've had clients where they decided to terminate the pregnancy because there was such a, you know, you know, once they did the chromosome test and all that kind of stuff, it was like the child was going to have, you know, and the family was going to have a hard life because of a baby being born that way. So choosing to terminate. And I've seen a couple things like one, I've seen that, um, the baby soul is like not fully in the body. Like I've noticed that the soul is not into the body until the baby's like actually born. It hangs around, but it's not like hanging out in the womb the whole time. So that's something people have to understand. And also I've had like um, spirit babies tell me like that there's a certain body they want to come into with a certain brain also. And if like, if that's not, not being formed up to like, it's like if they ordered a car, you know, and the car is like being manufactured and it's like looking a little not so great. And they're like, (laughs) exactly. Like my vehicle, the damn lemon, like I didn't ask for that. (laughs) Then we'll see. Well, uh, I've definitely seen that before. Like where they've told me, like I wanted a brain, a certain brain, or I wanted, you know, and I didn't, I wasn't, I could see that I wasn't going to get that. So I was like, peace out. Um, But then we'll see the same, but I've seen the same soul come back in the next pregnancy. Yeah. And often like I'll ask if they've experienced different lifetimes together, like how many reincarnations have the souls had with one another. And often it'll be like a couple of cycles, like they have shared like past lifetimes. And I also like asking like why you chose the mom, like what, you know, like why you chose them. And, you know, it's usually like a really beautiful message. And And I think that when we can like kind of honor that, like we forget that in motherhood too, though, that our children chose us for a reason because we get so caught up in their tantruming and we're like, oh my God, where did this child come from? Like, who is this child? And that like sense of ownership, right? That, oh, this is my child, but they really have their own like mission and their purpose. And I know you talk about your kids all the time too, and how different they are. And like, we really lose sight of that. Like they have specific things that they really need to be fulfilled. And I, and I, I think we're moving to parenting that way. Like, I really do feel like, um, you know, just thinking about how many times I've had this conversation in the last couple of months or whatever, like I do feel that we're going there. And, um, also to, to use that idea of like them choosing you. Um, I think it's also important for us to understand that we've chosen our parents, you know, cause I think that we often, you know, don't understand and, and even like your siblings, everything, like there was so much negotiation with the setup that you came into. And I think that that can give you a little bit more perspective and also just a little bit more strength to know that, like, to let you know, like, you know what you're doing, like you have it in you to figure this out. Even if this feels very hard, like you have it in you cause you designed it this way. There was a version of you that designed all of this, whether you have a hard child or a hard parent and you are completely equipped for this. Maybe you haven't found that part of you yet, you know, where like where you're equipped, but you are. And, you know, it's not black and white and, you know, all that stuff, but but just kind of remembering that like we were the architects of this, you know, and there was there was negotiations between who's coming when and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, definitely. Hold ourselves accountable for our soul's decisions. (laughs) Exactly. I remember So Allie is my, um, 
my oldest, right? And she is my husband from a previous relationship, but I adopted her when she was young. And, you know, she, every, every like milestone um, in her life, she's kind of understood her mom's situation differently, right? So I kind of have to revisit these conversations about her mom every time, you know, whether it's puberty or the first time I get a boyfriend or the, you know, whatever, like different milestones. So you have to kind of find another angle to explain like what happened to her. And I remember like when she was young, it was time to explain to her, like, you have a soul, your soul chose this. Like she was ready for it, you know? And she was like, I remember her like listening to me. She really listened to it. She totally believed me. And she was like, my God, my soul is so dumb. Like she was so upset. Like she was like, I was like, I don't know if this makes her feel better or worse. Like somehow she like was having like self-hatred towards her soul. Like usually, you know, you can have like self-hate to you, you know, your physical body, but like usually, you know, you kind of give your soul a little bit of like, okay, it's a little higher than me, whatever. And somehow I turned it around so poorly that like now she started hating her spiritual self, not just her. Um, But she, um, she was okay with knowing there's something in her that knows that it will make sense at some point. Uh, It hasn't yet fully. Mm-hmm. And she, in that moment, like was making fun of it. But at the same time, like I could tell that she was like, okay, I know that this is going to make sense at some point. And, you know, she's just, she's only 16. So it doesn't make right. sense yet. Right. So, well, Christine, well, thank you so much for being here with us and, and sharing all your wisdom. Thank you for everything you do for the community and um, all the love and creativity and the reminding of events and everything that you do. Super excited about your readings. You can book it through nikinovo.com and book a spirit baby reading or a business reading, or if maybe you just connect with with Christine. Christine, you we didn't talk about this really quickly, but you when you did ancestral healing, did you go to the same woman that Kat went to that was like for Pacific Islanders? Did you hear that? Oh yeah, Lynn. Yeah. Lynn. Um, well, I worked with Ash Johns. She's gonna be a podcast guest for yes. you. Um, she's amazing. She has this beautiful, uh, space for, um, ancestral healing and conscious business. So it's really unique. She helps me through a lot of like the foundation work for my community and really like accepting coming back into that accepting and belonging of where I came from because I I was holding on to so many ancestral wounds. Um, but I also did go to Lynn Pacifer and she is a Filipino. And she only does like Filipino lineage stuff, right? Um, I'm not quite sure. I don't think she limits her audience oh, okay. to just Filipino. But I I actually had a consultation with her this year because I'm like exploring more of that, bringing that into my family's awareness, like incorporating like some of those things. And I wanted to, you know, work with a Filipino woman who could kind of teach me like the ancestral ways and some of that wisdom that like was lost through my lineage. So yeah, it was really beautiful. Yeah. I remember last time. I encourage encourage everyone to explore ancestral work, no matter what ethnicity, culture, race you come from, because it's so important. Like it's so deeply embedded in us. And we were talking this week about how some of the ancestral stuff, like in my life was playing out. And in my life too, actually your life. Yeah, how we were moving forward in our personal lives and in business because we had these like core wounds. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like yeah, my work started like my own spiritual discovery, like started through my roots. But I thought that that was like interesting that you um, had those experiences. So I just wanted to ask you really quick. But anyways, thank you again. Thank you for being here. Um, I hope everybody gets to you know experience Christine, but don't take too much time away from her because now. <laughs> Very busy. <laughs> no, but you and you may want to get a reading with her before she gives birth in a couple of months. So enjoy okay. book by January. <laughs> exactly. If not, then you'll have to wait until February. Exactly. Then you're gonna see me like showing up to your reading uh, to do a maternity coverage over here. So, all right, Christine, I love you much. Thank you for being here, and thank you everybody for listening. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. If you love what you're hearing, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with a friend? That little review does so much. It's so damn helpful. You don't even know. So thank you for that. 
And if you're ready to unlock your spiritual gifts, enroll in my three-level program, Soul Academy, or join my free community, Soul Collective. I'd love to have you there. The links to join are below in this episode. Until next time, love you much.